0: Hello uh welcome to French Football Weekly. This is a special pod for the release of the 2017 edition of Le 50. I am Philippa B and I'm joined as ever by Rich Allen. Hi, Rich. Good evening. And Jeremy Smith. Hi, Jess. Hi. Now, first of all, we've released uh, Le 50 today and we want to say a huge thank you to all the writing team um, who are all included in the the main page and also to our voting panel who uh, helped us to put together a really interesting list which includes some Ligue 2 players um, and a good range of uh, different styles of player as well. We've got some clubs very well represented PSG with five, Lyon with five, Monaco with four and to lose with four being the the top ones and we're just going to be taking you through some of the highlights of uh of the list this year um and discussing what might happen with them next year so obviously there are some big guys on this list um One thing that that Jeremy wrote in his profile of a certain somebody is that when Le 50 was started a couple of years ago by former big boss Andrew Gibney, it was about breakout stars and future gems and people you'd never heard of. And this year we're writing about one of possibly the most famous or talked about players um, around at the moment, which is weird. So we've got people like Kylian Mbappe and Thomas Lamar, who, as well as having had amazing seasons, are also absolutely uh, at the center of transfer speculation this window so you know what uh, what's changed um how has the 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 makeup of of le 50 and the the nature of the players we're dealing with at
1: such a young age changed do you think um i think it's it's become uh, as you said it used to be i think the vast majority of players were players, people that a lot of a lot of people hadn't heard of before, or were only slightly familiar with. I think the last last year and continuing into this year, we're seeing a lot more where there are some a longer list of really really big name players that a lot of people are familiar with, which is a great you know, it's a great advert for the division. It's a great advert for the development of players within France. Um, but you know we've got Mbappe, we've got Thomas Lamar, we've got countless others that are that. You know, have been rumoured across across Europe, uh, you know, with some of the biggest clubs. So, I think that that's probably the most noticeable, I think, noticeable thing. I think with La Fifty over the last few years is that that volume of players that that are world renowned, I suppose, has has just grown. Jess, um,
2: yeah, I think um, a lot of it speaks to the success of French football recently as well. That um, players like Mbappé, um, um, Rabio, Kimpembe at PSG, they're known because they've done well on on the European stage as well, as well as just within the French League. Um, but obviously, I mean, it would be interesting to to compare sort of average ages in this year's Le 50 to uh, four or five years ago. I'm not sure how many now when it started. Um, you know, does uh, is it a lot... Is it a lot younger? It feels like, to me, it felt like this year was kind of two extremities. It was extremely well-known um, players and others who, whether known or not, are actually sort of very new on the scene. Some, you know, be- barely played a handful of games yet. Um, rather than a sort of consistent number of, of players who've, uh, you know, got maybe sort of 10, 20, 30 appearances or just beginning to make a name for themselves. It's either, even though they're young, it's either already well-established names, or those that are not even on their way yet, but we've heard, you know, we hear very good things in dispatches about them, and we expect them to, to, I guess, be, be well-known this time next year.
0: I think also we've we, it's kind of the polarity where the scene... Um, Maybe this time, just because I've been proofing all of the articles, to be quite a few players who, in a sense, have not built up gently to having a breakout season. They've just kind of been thrown in at the deep end and ended up making themselves a first-team player. I mean, actually, the the youngest players in the list this year are Alban Lafont and Malang Sarr, who share a birthday, and Malang Sarr is one of those guys. I mean, he made his debut this season and then became kind of indispensable and there's a couple of those guys like that it's a bit more of a kind of crash bang arrival into Liga than maybe the, the, the softly softly gently gently uh, kind of approach that maybe we've been used to in the past obviously that still happens but there do seem to be quite a few guys who've really kind of powered in and made themselves uh, got themselves a decent amount of, of games there you look, so, at, um, look at
2: Lyon who obviously have got um, you know very good, well-deserved reputation for bringing through youth and Lacazette um, and Titi and Teliso all, all secured big, big money moves in the last year or two. Um, they played their first pre-season match at the weekend and started with I think a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old up front. There's, although that they I think made some decent signings already this pre-season, you can see those two getting game time reasonable game time possibly um, during the season and it's kind of I don't know by necessity is a bit strong but you know that's the that's pretty much the working model for a lot of a lot of the French league bring them through young make a name out of them very young and then they go abroad for a lot of money and we start all over again
0: and uh, we, we've already seen that. Obviously, we, we were actually planning on getting this out before the window opened, but things got a bit complicated. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven at the time of recording have already moved on. Um, so some of those moves are quite interesting. There's some kind of within legal. Um So we've got Nicola Pepe going from Angers to Lille. um Enzo Crivelli from the relegated but not that relegated Bastia to Angers um and um uh, Marcus Toram coming up from Socio to, to Gangon um with the other one of the other league de representatives, Ferlam Mendy going to OL. But we've got three guys leaving for other leagues, which is always c- quite exciting. So we've got Adamunas going to Napoli, um Amina Harrit has uh, confirmed he's going to Schalke. and Jean Kevin Augustin, has bitten the bullet. He is leaving and it's not a loan deal and he's going to Rebel Leipzig. So of those guys who were moving, particularly the ones that are moving to a different league, what do we think of that? Were were those the right decisions for them? Um, how do we feel about those things? Uh, Jez?
2: Um, Augusta <laughs> I don't want to start my sort of anti-PSG rants before the next season of the York started. I need a rest, but it is a pity. He's such a great talent, and um, it's sad that you know whether it's because of the the Red Bull money or the feeling that he's not going to get a decent chance at PSG. It is it is a real pity that, that he's going abroad before he even you know played more than a handful of matches here. Um, in you know in pre- in preparing the 15, you look back on you know. Particularly, how when well he played in last year's number 19 European Championship, and he's such a talent and you know, potentially such a great striker. And you know, it, it's not from a general French national team point of view, it's not such a bad thing. I mean, he's going abroad and getting good experience and maturing in, in, in another country, but it is again sad that we're not seeing some really good French talent. Flying his trade at least for the first years of his career in France. Mm. Um, for Unas, I think I think it was time for him to move on somewhere. Um, and you know, as as Gouvernet said, it, what he they didn't necessarily didn't necessarily want to get rid of him. But when a you know Champions League team comes calling with a lot of money, that it's very hard for either the player or the club to say no. So I guess fair enough. And then for Amin Harit, I mean, I'd mean say read everything that I said about Augustin, except that he was getting games. so, mm. I mean, I suppose there's the money element there as well, but I'm not sure that Schalke are in the same league as Napoli at the moment, and um, again, I think it's a pity, you know, Harit was, unlike Augustin, you know, not clearly worth it seemed to me very happy to, to think about building a whole team around Harrett So mm. um, to me, it's a little bit of a risky move on his part, and again, just a real pity. I think.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Simon Scott, in his profile of Harrett basically said, you know, he he had everything uh, at his disposal to to continue to to develop and to grow and to make himself, you know, the star at Nantes. But when you are having, you know, higher level clubs. Schalke are, you know, European fixtures um, linked with you. Not being the level of club they are, you know, the money is going to come in useful. So, you know, what Nantes have done since kind of the the rebirth uh, midway through the season is, you know, really interesting. But obviously with the, the coach moving on again and, and various things going on, you know it kind of makes sense from a you know a very real politic point of view to uh to be looking to you know make some money off some of the guys that had really come come through this
1: season so maybe that's that's part of that rich um i think uh, i mean of, of those three uh, agustan I, I think actually will 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 actually pay off i think it actually was a turn out to be a pretty good move for him, it, it looks like he will be playing every game. Um, you know, French French strikers and French base strikers have, have had decent success in in the Bundesliga of late. So, I fully expect him to, to take that opportunity with both hands. Um, Unas, it's a great. I think it's a great move for him. I think it's a, it's a, well, in all honesty, I think it's a good move all round. Um, when I sort of queried of of his attitude and and level of commitment, uh, a Napoli fan contacted me and said that the the coaches there are used to dealing with players like that and will be able to sort of knock that out of him. So if that's true, then it is a great move for for all involved. It might be a bit of a shock for Unas to begin with, um, but if you know if they can get his his attitude and consistency to to a better place, then you know we've seen what he can be like on his day you know he's a terrific player so could be a great move there harrit i don't know about that one um it is as we've said it's a gamble how much game time is he actually going to be playing bearing in mind he was playing quite regularly for nantes um from what i gather there was again a little bit of an attitude problem which i think led to him being dropped during the during the last season I you know, whether whether this is a move more to, to sort of placate his um his attitude, I don't know. We shall see whether that one pans out. That's the one I'm most sceptical about. Um the other two I think actually could turn out to be really, really good moves for, for both players.
0: Yeah, I think with August out,
1: it's one
0: of those things he he can't he'd never been loaned out, which seemed a bit weird, but he'd never really got a foothold in the team despite doing everything he could at all available opportunities so I think that that's, looks like a, a sensible move of some of the other movers obviously Bastia um, went down so uh, their lone players were hardly going to stick around one um, interests me is Enzo Crivelli going to Angers because obviously Angers lost Pepe and Jeju um, as well has he gone? did I make that up? have I missed that? Anyway, no but, I think um, did Yeah, so Crivelli apparently just he went to Bristol City. Yes, that's it. It Crivelli said he he basically just didn't want to to go back to um, his parent club. Um, It's interesting because
2: the parent club said they didn't want him back, so I wonder which came
0: first. Well, yeah, but the parent club is saying he didn't want to come back, so it's like whatever. But he seems fairly kind of set on playing and that's the important thing for him because obviously bordeaux's um style is perhaps not best suited to him although being more direct would be a a good plan b you would have thought but he's got the chance now because he's now you know he's 21 22 to actually solidify a position as you know the starting striker and playing every game and being the top scorer for a team and if if that's what he wants to do, then, you know, I think he's got a very good chance of doing it. So that was a move that interested me a lot. The two guys coming up from Ligue 2 to Ligue 1, Ferland Mendy to Lyon, will he actually play? And ditto for Marcus Turam to Gangon. Any, any kind of views on those?
1: Uh, I'm, yes, go, go, on. On, go on, uh,
2: for, for Mendy, I'm, I think Rich said it, on Twitter at the time and I completely agree if the move had been sort of two weeks earlier I'd have thought fantastic move but two weeks earlier they signed Marcel and now I'm a bit confused I, I think I think Mendy's a, an excellent player and I think he could probably get into um, a lot of league 1 teams um, and you know arguably is good enough to deserve a place in and Lyon's starting lineup had Masson not arrived, so I'm just I'm intrigued to know sort of what what assurances um, Mendy would have would have got. I, I'd be surprised, having come out of a season where he's played pretty much every match, even though he's still young and got lots to learn. I'd be surprised if he'd be happy to now spend a season on the bench. So. I just I, I find it very strange. I mean, unless he thinks that he can um you know, be a, a genuine rival to Marcel, unless he thinks that, you know, with Leon being in the Europa League, which usually adds another sort of, sixty games or whatever to the season, that they'll both get good game time. I don't know. I, I Marcel last year I think did blow a bit hot and cold, so I do think Mendy will will play games, but if you have to say who Leon's starting left-back could be, you'd have to assume it, it would be Mussel. So I don't know if, if Mendy is sort of risking um, kind of slowing his development a little bit. Um, and then who was the other one?
0: Turan, Turan. I mean, he's, he's, I think
2: he's barely played in in... In Ligue league, Deux the last couple of years, his, his, seat, his reputation seems to be based on, you know, one youth tournament a couple of years ago, and who his dad is. Um, so he really needs to to start um, doing things in the in the bread and butter of the league to to deserve the you know, the, the attention he gets. And, I mean great move for him, but I'm I'm surprised Gagon have made that move. I'd have thought they'd want him to prove himself in his in his starting club first, which I don't think he's done at all.
0: So I mean obviously there might be the possibility that some of these guys go back out on loan somewhere. Um but uh Rich, any any views on either of those two?
1: Well I think Turan makes a little more sense when you consider the um Mendy's moved on. They've then sort of centre-forward-wise, they've got um, Jimmy Briand and Sloan Privat. Yeah, you know, they have powerful, one, pa- of, powerful one sh- of
0: the oldest squads yeah, in,
1: in League 1. They're, they're powerful strikers, they're big strikers, but they're not agile, they're not quick, they're not youthful. So I can see why they've brought someone like Turam in, maybe I'm surprised that it was actually Turam, but I can see the, why they brought that kind of player in, um, I think he'll play, I think he'll be able to inject a little something that's perhaps missing from that, that forward line, you know, I, I think Brion's brilliant, I think he had a, a pretty decent season, uh, beyond that I think he had a pretty damn good season actually last last season, um, but you know, ages against him, Prove that the same, Turan maybe will just give them that little bit of a spark up front, you know, bearing in mind they've got some you know, really talented young players that can play either just behind or alongside a um, you know, young, exciting attacker so I can see why they've made that move um, and to be perfectly honest with regards to Mendy, I can, uh, Fernand Mendy that is to Leon. I can only assume that he's been given some kind of assurances or some squad rotation you know, be it he gets given cup games, European games, as Jez has pointed out, it, it was a curious move. Grown in mind, I think it had been touted for quite a while, uh, almost longer, I think, than than them being linked and then before they'd actually then signed Marcel. So, uh, yeah, I can only presume that he's been given some promises of, of of game time. You know, the odd the odd odd league game here and there, the cup games, European games. And then obviously anything else if Marcel decides not to be the player that they uh, hoped he was going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. And we've got um, two players being in a sense re loaned. One is Olivia Kemen, who will be staying with Gazlik in Ligue 2. So he's as. F- uh, as as it stands, the only league 2 player left. Um, and also Jonathan Kone, who's one of the PSG guys who was loaned out to Montpellier for the second half of last season, is now going to be staying with them for a full season loan this time. Apparently the clubs agreed this some time ago, but needed the players' approval. The player, according to L'Equipe, was holding out for a new challenge, but has uh, accepted the, um, the, the re-loan to Montpellier. And that seems to make sense for him, because... Again, he's someone who's going to have to prove himself to try to fight his way into the PSG squad. He did well in the second half of of last season, but it was kind of job sharing with Keegan Dolly, so he didn't impose himself completely. But now, if he has a full season with the same players that he's already used to, in you know fairly tricky circumstances, he's going to develop a lot. He's going to grow a lot. So that was kind of a uh, that seemed to be a sensible move for him um obviously there's a boatload of rumors about other players um who are on the list involving just i've got a list here of everybody from monaco psg real madrid and con um so you know is there any? there's going to be more movement obviously is there anybody we see being kind of nailed on for a move, do we think, or uh, is it just going to be too difficult to call until until the end of the month?
1: I think that the well, the, the the two Monaco players that have been probably most heaviest, heavy heaviest uh, in terms of linked with with the move away, Lamar and, and Mbappe Mbappe's not going to go. You know, I, I'm I'm more and more confident of that by the day. Um, every piece of solid reliable news that is coming out on a as i say almost a daily basis suggests he wants to stay for a year monaco of course want him to stay for another year there's going to be some behind the scenes deal i'm sure with with real madrid that will be you know okay you'll have first dibs on him next summer um so he he's he, you know he, transfer rumors of course were going to surround him after the the fantastic season he had but I, I don't see him going. And then the other one's Lamar. Um, seems to be very, very, very heavily linked with Arsenal. Um, all of a sudden, Arsenal fans have latched onto this, and he's—I mean, we've we've loved him for years. But all of a sudden, you know, he is the greatest young player in Europe, and it's quite funny to read. But uh, I, there's there's more and more that that suggests to me. I I, I don't know if he'll go. Um, again, he's another player. Monaco don't want to sell him, particularly. He's not a player that's going to force through a sale. Um, I think he he will see this opportunity of, you know, Sil- Bernardo Silva's gone, one of Fabinho or Bakayoko seems to be going. Uh, Benjamin Mendy potentially could be going. If he stays, he could be along with Mbappe. He he could be the absolute proper star of this. You know, he was great last season, but was perhaps overshadowed by a lot more players than he perhaps might be if he stays in Monaco for the coming season, so mm. i don't know if he will go either, but they're the two I think of the of the the ones left that haven't moved they they seem to be the two most heavily linked with moves is it so this
0: feels a little like what was it your your hat of optimism <laughs> that, uh, the that featured earlier in the season I'm i mean i do ho- i do hope they stay around purely for selfish reasons just because they're so bloody brilliant to watch but um um i think one thing we want to do and this goes back to kind of the the spirit of le 50 and why it started is pick out some of the the lesser known names the ones that aren't currently being touted around for 80 million pound transfer fees in a variety of newspapers so basically we're all gonna um we've all picked a one player who's on the the 50 list from the club we support because You know, we love them more. Um, Just to kind of talk about them a little bit, and the player I've got is Montpellier's uh, defensive midfielder Elias Shakiri, who has really shown a degree of maturity so far above his years, given the complete basket case that Montpellier can be at times, Um, and he's been a really, really solid and dependable performer. At the age of he's still only 22, he got the captain's armband while he was still just 21 with Hilton out knacked and, you know, Montpellier facing a horrendous run in and the possibility of relegation. He was given the captain's armband above so many other players, which I think says a world about his attitude as well as his ability, which is that. Um, I think he made over 100 interceptions over the season, which was the most in Ligue 1. A bit like Montpellier have just sold Steve Mounier to Huddersfield without his goals. Oh my God, how bad could it have got? Without Schiri mopping up and, and creating that shield in front of defence, really things could have been so much worse. So he uh, says of himself that he thinks of himself as a true number six, a real kind of a recuperator someone who recovers the ball someone who stops the guys coming towards him and then pushes things back forwards again so he is uh, been a really really valuable player for Montpellier this season I really hope they hang on to him and that he continues to play uh, such a large role next season and increases even more in the quality of his performances so he's my pick um, if either of you guys have got anything to chip in on the wonderful Mr. Shaqiri please do um, or...
2: i just add that he's got a fantastic go against PSG which is really good and mm-hmm. he's one of those players that um, I, I was su- I'm surprised at how young he is which kind of I guess in a way pr- proves everything you said um, he, his sort of his manner on the pitch and and the way he, um, his actual ability on the pitch in in that kind of position suggests that he he's older than than he is. Like he plays mm-hmm. with, as if he has a lot more experience. And now, than someone who's only starting out in the game. so yeah, yeah. I think very impressive player.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: moving on to Rich, who is your pick? Um, for me, there could probably be only one player, um, Ren centre back Joris Nianyon. Um Without a doubt, in my totally, totally unbiased mind, um, the standout young central defender in France last season. I know there'll be certain other fans that will be claiming, you know, Kimpembe, Diop, uh, Malang Sah, Muktadi Akabi. Ngagnon, for me, consistently across the whole season, um, head and shoulders above above them all, um, he just looked an utter natural, he played a smattering of games towards the end of the previous season, um, was then chucked into the side at the start of the season because there was um, a bit of a hole that needed filling with uh, suspensions and, and injuries. And from then on, he's just been superb. Uh, he's taken everything in his stride. Um, he is incredibly tough. You rarely will you see as as tough a defender as him. Um, if if you want to, you know, exclaim a warning. It's 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 not the prettiest of pictures, but his head injury, you know, his injury that he picked up again the the game against Santetien where he. Clashed heads a couple of times and the massive bump that appeared on his head, but just to the sidelines, put a bandage round it and back out again. He should have been taken off. I mean, you, you can
0: you, you you can you can admire him for insisting on going back on, but some body with a medical degree should have said no, yes. not this time. Anyway, but yes, it shows his spirit, which is uh which is obviously uh, a yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a great
1: positive. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he he barely. Barely put a foot wrong um, for a player of his age. Um, and, you know, what always surprised me with him is actually, in the grand scheme of things, where a lot of these players have joined you know, their, their relative clubs at, at you know, young ages, some as young as sort of eight or nine, 17 was the age that Nian Yon moved from his sort of amateur club out in the the, the sticks uh, in the, the suburbs of Paris, it was 17 that he then moved to Rennes, which to me just feels like that's quite late, actually, mm. considering he's now only 20 and all of a sudden he's one of the, the standout centre backs in the league, with some massive clubs looking out, af- you know, looking out for him. So um, for me, he's 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 the player to keep an eye on. If he if he doesn't move this summer, he will move next summer. And it will be for a big fee, and it will be to a big club. So keep an eye on him. So, Jez, who's your pick?
2: I'm going to pick someone who moved to their club at 80 So even more impressive than the annual. <laughs> 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 um, I'm going to pick Ismaïla Sarr. Um, you're talking about sort of nailed-on transfers earlier. Um, unfortunately, it looks like he may well be. Um, the next player, leaving evening he um, He came last summer from um, generation Foot, which is Mets' sort of partner team in in Senegal, and the place that they got um, Diafra Sacco and Pablo Sisse and Sadio Mane from. Um, and he sort of came with very high recommendations, people saying he's, he's better than Mane. The first half of the season he was extremely raw, sort of running, head down, not really uh, often sort of making the wrong decision in terms of shooting when he should have passed or passing when he should have shot. Then he went to the African Cup of Nations and in 2017 he's been fantastic. He scored sort of three or four legitimate goal of the season contenders from sort of runs from his halfway line to spectacular scissor kicks his end product has been better, he's won, I think, four penalties over the course of the season, and he's, he's really sort of, um, it's kind of a, a, a bit of a cliche, but he, he kind of, you know, he was a very unpolished gem, and he's gradually becoming more, more became more and more polished over the course of the season. and. That I mean, in itself, that's great. Not just that he's showing talent, but he's also showing that he's willing to learn and he's on a big learning curve. And it kind of makes you more excited about um, how much potential he has to to, to fulfil. But, unfortunately, lots of other people spotted that as well. So, um, Ren and Neil are the the sort of names that Marseille were at one point, but mainly Ren and Neil... In France, Monaco, sort of fleetingly, and then you know, even—I well, was going to say even Newcastle. Newcastle obviously linked with most of the fifteen most the years, but um, Dortmund and even Barcelona were mentioned as well. Um, I know it's going to wind Rich up, but if he does move, I'd rather it wasn't to Liverpool because I really don't feel that's a big enough step up that is worth doing. Um, we are resigned to losing him, but we are going to get you know, hopefully a, a really decent amount of money for him. And um like just like Sadio Mane, he was with us very, very fleetingly, um, you know we, we wish him great things, and we hope he remembers where he started and and then and get to. Shoot. <laughs>
0: So those are three players whose profiles are all in Le 50. So after you've read about the big guys, you can check out some of the others as well. And so it's been a a wonderful, if slightly stressful and frantic uh, project to be a part of. And so let us know what you think. Please share, retweet, uh, comment on the profiles as necessary. And, uh, um, you know, we'd love to have some feedback. But thank you again to all of our writing team, all of the votes, Uh, for being involved in this project. Okay, so moving on to kind of any other business, uh, anything either of you guys want to raise about what has happened or what is happening or what's going to happen shortly um, in French football as we get ready for the restart?
2: I I mean, one thing that that occurred to me when you mentioned... Montpellier earlier is that I think we should sort of just give a mention to Louis uh, Nicolas who sadly Mm -hmm. passed away a couple of weeks ago Um, obviously he's been unspeakably amazing for for Montpellier but just a brilliant character who's done so much for for French football, men's and women's football in general and um, obviously at times he rubs people up the wrong way but overall I
0: don't think there's anyone that could say they're not going to miss him hmm. I think uh, it was uh, maybe Bastian who tweeted you know he, he died on his birthday after having had a huge lunch with a smile on his face with all his friends and family it's kind of you couldn't see another way of him going out he he gave so I tried tracking down the quote that somebody put where they said he said he'd only leave basically in a box and he said it so many times to so many different news outlets in so many different ways, involving so many different swear words. It was something that he really, really believed that he would never quit Montpellier. That he was only leaving, leaving in a box. And so he, uh, yeah, he moved on as you say unspeakably be amazing for Montpellier unspeakable at times particularly in interviews um on the rest of it but yeah a really big figure in the game who will be sadly missed and uh, just the amount of um kind of messages pouring in from so many different players and, and and other people about about him was was really touching and really showed the the impact the effect that he he had i think Um, the only other new, thing,
2: maybe, to mention, if you said what's going on at the moment, is that uh, as we speak, France are leading Norway in a friendly leading up to the uh, the Women's Euros, which I'm sure you'll be able to talk about in yes, even more
0: detail. They, <laughs> yeah, they. Um, I didn't get to go and see the previous. Um, warm-up game at Belgium because friends were staying but I will be out in the Netherlands for 10 days seeing France twice uh, against Austria and Switzerland and hopefully the quarter-final I've got tickets for is the one they should end up in if my calculations are correct so I should be able to see three matches um, and hopefully see see people over there as well I know there's going to be quite a few uh, friends and contacts from Twitter who are going to be kicking around the Netherlands looking confused and trying to find a football stadium so we can all um, get together on that so I'm really looking forward to going there and I'll obviously be writing things up when I get back Um, so that's um, coming up The, uh, the tournament starts next Sunday this Sunday, Sunday the 16th, I'm looking at the wrong thing on my calendar. So it starts this Sunday and is then running um, until early August. So um, I think France got a, a a good chance, I think. Hopefully this time maybe, you know, semi-final at least, try to make the final you know they've got a really really good team it's a real pity that amal mashuri had to drop out injured but uh, you know it's a really good group of players and really really strong uh, really strong team a coach who now appears to actually you know know, know what he's doing to to, to an increased degree on, on what we've been used to maybe previously so i'm really positive about about what they can do um and hoping to see a lot of goals so that that should be should be fun
1: um Rich, any other business that you want to, to bring up? Um, I wish some Arsenal fans would be a bit more excited about signing Lacazette. <laughs> um, I've encountered some really, oh, yes. mis- really miserable fans of late. Um, who uh, And some Arsenal fans who genuinely thought that they had a chance to sign Mbappe and that Lacazette is some, you know, two-bit... Non-entity striker, typical Wenger signing. No, he's he is one of the best in Europe. You've signed a great player, um, and a little nod, I suppose, to towards uh, uh, no doubt our, our sort of pre-season podcast of stick a fiver on Leon not being in the top four next season. They've they've lost some key players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're going to be relying on some. You know a, a heavier. Uh, number of younger players, some of who are not quite as experienced as as young players who they've relied on in the past. So, just a little a little tip there, which of course means Lyon will win Ligue 1 next season. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'd like,
1: have...
2: as you said, we'll talk about that more. But, um, on Lacazette, I love that Arsenal fans are saying he's not at our level. Yeah, Lyon finished fourth last year. Um, <laughs> so, it's
0: exactly
2: Arsenal 7. Or, what better than them now? And then... Um, well...
0: No, I was just going to say. Well, you know, if Giroud sticks around, at least he can explain the whole contextual situation. So, you know, in a, <laughs> in a, in a familiar language. So, hopefully, that will help. You know, yeah. whatever. It's it's that's just gonna other, it's gonna roll on. That's
2: the other very simplified Arsenal reasoning. Giroud is ahead of him in the uh, in the France team, and therefore, as simple as that, he's no good. Um, and the, the other thing is actually, I would say that. Leon yeah, would be expected to finish outside the top four and I I would have said stick a five on them finishing in the top four. <laughs> Having a really good mid uh, transfer window and I think some of these young players ready to come through are fantastic, but to be discussed.
0: So I think basically what we're saying is don't count on French football weekly for any betting tips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the most recent transfer rumour that I've seen that um tickles the shit out of me is um Benjamin Mendy is being linked with Manchester City purely on the basis of wearing shorts in a desert. Um which <laughs> I think is interesting. So, you know, I basically every every year just kind of hope that uh, the transfer window goes away before Montpellier is completely gutted of all its best players. Obviously, uh, Mounier is gone and and is basically on the trestle table at the car boot sale waiting for an offer to come in. That's gone very quiet, which is just kind of funny, really. Anyway, um, so we've got the 50 out. We've got the Euros, the Women's Euros coming up uh, next week and uh, for the couple of weeks after that. Then, of course, Ligue 2 crashes back into existence and then Liga as well. So we're going to be back with uh, a pod, a pre-season pod, I think, uh, rounding up hopefully after the window is shut, what the hell has happened and where, where everybody's gone. Uh, and then looking forward to the season and making some predictions. Again, do not bet. On our predictions. So, with that, um, we will um, obviously be reading your comments and your feedback with interest on the fifty, and trying to bring you uh, previews and profiles and other articles in advance of the new season. So, look out for the pre-season preview pod, and we will speak to you then. So, it's goodbye from me and from Jez. Bye. And from Rich.
1: Goodbye.